TTB Music Podcast. Press the button. Yeah, wasn't that a song by uh, Sugar Babes? Oh, I don't yes. know. No, that was push. That was push the button. Push the push button. button. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, close. Yeah, it was close. I thought you could yeah. tell what it was though from my humming, couldn't you? I could, yes. Yeah, good. I, I, I believe we're on. <laughs> Oh, good. Yeah. It's pod- welcome. It's podcast one, twenty twenty one, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and because it's the first podcast of the year, that means we're looking at BBC Sounds of twenty twenty one. But we'll do that at the end of the podcast. Before that, we shall review new albums from Shame, Drunk Tank, Pink, Sleaford Mods, Spare Ribs. Uh, Two soundtrack albums, scores, if you like, from Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, uh, on their own with the Manx soundtrack, and then with uh, various others, uh, especially John Baptiste uh, on the Soul soundtrack. We then do Pearl Charles and Magic Mirror, and then the aforementioned BBC Sounds of 2021. However, we shall kick off with a bit of uh, South London uh, indie. And the, I believe the second album by the band Shame, Drunk Tank Pink. Peter. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you came to me first. <laughs> um, okay. This um, record is um, yeah, punk at a very fast pace, for mostly. Um, and what a perfect record to start 2021 with because it just reminded me so much of of um, drunk nights in dingy venues uh, and just <laughs> weeping on the floor for uh, for better times, uh, <laughs> simpler times. <laughs> Where well, even yes. your, even your average band on a stage in a dingy venue would sound like you know Beethoven at the Royal Albert Hall right now, really would. Um, yeah, so 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 that, that in in that in that, con- in that context, um, yeah, lots of noise on this album. Really fast paced. Really enjoyed it. Really giddy. Um, for me, I, I say mostly noisy because there is this of course there's this section in the middle where everything suddenly drops and you get almost a different band step in for a, a set in the middle, um, and everything sort of goes much more calmer. Um, it does get very calm in the middle, yeah. It does get very calm in the middle. But then no sooner have you been sort of given us that, that blanket or a false sense of security, back back the noise comes, very lo-fi, very loud, very cr- very crashing. Ah, it's brilliant. Um, oh, sorry, that sounded like a drunk Boris Johnson at Pongi, but, uh, you know. Um, and appropriately <laughs> enough, there's a, there's a title, there's a track called uh, Nigel Hitler, uh, which I like for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um yeah, I feel like I've just done a lo-fi punk review or a lo-fi punk album. Um, but yeah, and I, I enjoyed this. It's a good record. Yeah, it is an enjoyable, enjoyable record. I, I agree. It's it's a perfect kind of kick-off to the year, a bit of, particularly since we're always, as we mentioned many times in this podcast, always in search of half-decent indie bands and half-decent indie, al- indie albums. 
Um, been lucky last year or so to have the Fountains DC records come out, but it's been pretty good. Uh, first one better than the second one, but still positive sounding. And this energy and this reminded me of that quite a bit. Um, I've also been listening to quite a lot of late 70s stuff in the last couple of weeks. So this album actually fitted in quite well with that because it's really easy yes. to draw a line yep. from bands like Television, Talking Heads, Dr. Feel Good, mm. um, and also bands borrowed from bands like them, like Sonic Youth, in the kind of general kind of uh, approach that this band take to making music and the uh, off-kilter guitar playing. But as you say, it starts off very kind of in-your-face, the first... <sighs> three four tracks and then and then it kind of goes slow and kind <laughs> yes, of it does. talking talking singing it goes all talking singing for a couple of tracks yeah and then it kicks back up again um and yeah i mean i mean the, i think alphabet's been getting quite a lot of play on Six music and that's opening track and it's a really good way yeah. to start the album. I really I'll like halfway through the album. That snowy day, snowy not snowy day, snow day mm. is uh, also uh, one of my favourites. I think it's might be the longest album track on the album as well. But that's a really good track. Um, but yeah, well, it's a really enjoyable record. Again, it's about forty minutes long. As you know, I do yeah. like a forty-minute-long album. So, people lot of boxes for me. I, really, I like the track um, "Harsh Degrees" as well, but yeah, I agree. I, yes. I think it's, it's, it starts very strong with "Alphabet" and, and "March Day" in particular. Um, but yeah, now really enjoyable record. One to blast away the cobwebs of the lockdown. <laughs> Indeed. Speaking of blasting away cobwebs, in <laughs> cobwebs, even in a. Perhaps different ways. We have the latest album with Sleep of Mods. Um, I have to confess, Sleep of Mods are one of those bands that I've always felt swerve wildly between genius and tedious shite. Um, <laughs> I know someone who rates them quite highly as a band, uh, but much as I've tried up until this particular album, I haven't really got it at all. Um, somewhat reassuringly, I still don't, to be honest. Um, on this there... Sixth or eleventh album, depending on which way you're counting. I have to say, my view generally of them remains kind of unchanged. Really, uh, I don't think my issue has ever been clearer than on the large chasm that exists between what I think is a work of genius and is the current uh, single, Mork and Mindy, and the mm. rest of the record. Um, but it's the start of the year. I'll look some of the positives. Great bass line in the track Shortcomings. Um, love the fact that the musical backing for the track out there puts me in mind of uh, Frank Zappa's song Cruiselet. Um, <laughs> some, obviously, some great throwaway, mostly sweary lines because that's, you know, the kind of band that they are. You know, wish I had time to be a wanker just like you, for example. Um, but Sweary political raw street poetry is all well and good, but for me, once again with Sleep of Mods, I kind of just thought, does it have to be this boring? Because I know, again, this album's only about, similarly about 40 minutes long, but I found it quite exhausting 42 minutes on the few times that I tried listening to it. I have added Morgan Mindy to my best of 2021 playlist. Um, 
which means I don't think okay. I'm going to need to revisit this album again this year. So over to you to tell me you love it. <laughs> I really like this. <laughs> Love's probably a bit too strong, though. Um, and I have to admit, the final... So- Mork and Mindy is, is, is clearly the, the better track of the second half of the album. The standout track, I should say, the second half of the album. I must admit, towards the end, I did start to zone out. The, 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 it did start to wear me down a little. So, I, yeah, I, I did admittedly zone out towards the end. Um, so so I, hear, I hear what you're saying. But actually, I really liked um, half, two-thirds of this album. Um, yeah. I mean, this was my first, believe it or not, uh, Sleaford Mods album. So... I, I didn't really... Well, I kind of knew what to expect, but didn't, if you know what I mean. Um, yes. And, and for me, it reminded me so much of that sort of um, kind of walking... Not walking. Talking poetry, political, ranty, sweary um, music of about 30-odd years ago. Um I was immediately reminded of one of the tracks in particular just, just had me thinking of Sheep on Drugs, which is a, a band I probably haven't thought of for about 25, mm. 30 years. <laughs> like, uh, and the fall, obviously. Um, I, I, yes. I, I, thought it was, I, I thought it was a perfect soundtrack for what we're going through right now. Obviously, very political few references to the situation we do find ourselves in um you know there's a lyric halfway through it he just shouts bored of lockdown and i'm like way <laughs> um and i just thought yeah that's it's just per- perfect record for now in that respect um and shortcomings <laughs> or, gag. Uh, or gag um so yeah no I, I appreciate what you're saying i did like it more Actually, I just wrote this, this spot another note that I made, which I wrote that elocution is joy division without the joy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh, kids, that works on Sorry, more than one Just, just saw that when I was scro- scro- scrolling down, scrolling down my notes. Down. Oh, I did, I did say something. About, I did write something else about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> so moving on to the Trenton Atticus show yes a special request from Mr. Denane, uh to get to get us into uh, you know well Trent again uh, and some more soundtracky music yeah. we haven't done any soundtracks for a while we haven't done any of this for ages um... and to be fair to you to, to these these two soundtracks uh are both very much different from what people would immediately expect of uh, and have got used to from Mr. Reznor and Mr. Ross up until this point in time. Yeah. So tell me more, Pete. That is true. I mean, for me... um... Uh, for me, it shocked me when I suddenly realised that um, the social network was 10 years ago, um, which very much was yeah. a defining moment in in the Trent Reznor story in terms of that move towards soundtracks. A move that started, admittedly, with, with, with Nine Inch Nails and the Atticus Ross uh, produced albums like Ghosts, 
and um, and 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 oh my goodness, and <laughs> and the one before goes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 late. I'm getting old. Um, but what I did find with this one, uh, what, what, I, what, what I found over the last 10 years is, of course, I've tried to keep up with all the soundtracks uh, amongst all the, the Nine Inch Nails noodlings as well. And uh, what I found about these two particular soundtracks in particular was how different they are actually to, to the to the Resna Ross oeuvre, if you will. Um, and, and actually how impactful both are in terms of cinema as well. Um, I mean, Mank... Um, it, I must admit, it's not the soundtrack. It's not a, a style of soundtrack, or um, actually, it's not really a style of film that I would I would tend to lean towards. But um, it's definitely not a soundtrack I, I, would, I would sort of listen to. But if you ever wanted to hear, I, I just think that the use of the, the, the sort of nineteen forties studio orchestra um, with the instrumentals. Uh, the sort of brooding instrumentals that you find on yeah. many Trent Reznor soundtrack, it just worked brilliantly. Big band Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> exactly. It's just like it's like it's like yeah, big band <laughs> swing, swing. If you want to scream faster, uh, you know it, it's um, yeah. you know it, it, yeah, it, it's just that big sort of big band sweeping orchestra. Um, film noir it obviously makes sense when you throw it all together but it's not something you'd naturally throw together um, particularly the, the, the noir element uh, to the soundtrack and, and some of the sort of sweeping again the sweeping soundscapes really atmospheric really sort of immerses you in the, the world that they've, they've sort of created similarly um, with Soul uh, you get a similar effect. You get a, a, a very immersive effect. I, I, I watched Soul. It's, it's, and of course, it's, it'd be unfair not to mention the other artists on the soundtrack here, John Baptiste in particular. With um, And again, I'm not a massive jazz fan, but it, you know, fairly pleasant to listen to. But the, there's just a, a brilliant moment um, when the jazz stops and we transition into... The, the otherworldliness. <laughs> Sorry, that, 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 that line just made me laugh. Thank you. It's a great um, moment when the jazz stops. <laughs> when the jazz stops and the joy starts, um, you know, and, and we and we fall literally in the film. You do fall into this world of Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, and it's just a, a beautiful sound. Yes. And, and again, I just think it it's different to what they've offered before. Um, and it's made me actually go back and listen to the, some of the stuff I perhaps haven't paid as much attention to in recent times. Um, looking at you, Watchmen soundtrack. Um, I, I've, I found both these records, obviously, lit in a post-Christmas fog, <laughs> bored with nothing to listen to. I listened to both together and I just thought, yeah, why don't we talk about these? <laughs> <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I agree. I, I, the, even just listening to the when I watched Mank before Christmas, I mm. knew they'd done the soundtrack for it. But, and I was interested because of that, because I knew obviously when when the it was I knew when it was set and all, stuff like that. So I, I was wondering what approach they were going to take to the music. And I was pleasantly surprised, and you know, thought, wow cool that they had actually decided to go as you say kind of 
big band orchestration. Um, I mean, obviously some solo piano type stuff as well and stuff, stuff like that uh, going on. But yeah, very much a funny enough jazzy big band uh, approach to the whole thing. And as you say, it works remarkably well. Um, I'd funny enough, I'd watched rewatched Citizen Kane not too long ago, um, and the style of the score is very much uh, in keeping with the score of the original film Citizen Kane as well. So, works really evocatively of um, matching the two films to a kind of time frame, and with Soul. Obviously, the jazz part is handled by John Batiste, particularly on on that, and very well. But as you say, it, it's the nice uh, juxtaposition of uh, his work, particularly the, the very start of the film, and then as it goes into the slightly more normal, if you like, Trent and Atticus uh, stuff. Um, mm. But yeah, the, the contrast between the two musical styles works very, very well. Um, and visually, it works very well as well. Um, as we've also dis- discussed, I mean, the film itself is is excellent. Uh, really, really enjoyable film. Although, again, perhaps that's also perhaps due to being music fans in general that we you know, found something in a, in a film that's actually about music. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I would say it's about music. It's about music on one level, and it's also about, you know, finding yourself and doing what you should be doing in life rather than chasing your dreams. And, and in that respect, I think what sets it apart, perhaps, from some of their other soundtrack work is, you know, they're not working with David Fincher, they're working with Disney. And, um, <laughs> It is it is the warm, positive Trent Reznor's Ross soundtrack. Ultimately, um, it has that sort of humanity that that, that but yet yeah, maintains the otherworldliness of their music um, at the same time. I, I, and I understood. I understand once having listened to these two soundtracks, there was actually some overlap between the production of the two as well. And in a strange way, they are sort of linked. Um, Certainly, I think there's threads between the two, even though they're well, yeah, like said, they definitely both have that kind of jazzy vibe mm. going on. So, yes. Yeah. So there we are. It's just that on the soul album, they're doing less of it themselves. Yes. Let somebody else do the jazz. They've done their jazz yeah, bit. Yeah. Moving on, well. uh, and moving on, and away from jazz. Um, to uh, a young lady called Pearl Charles and an album called Magic Mirror. Um, we're hitting all the genres today, I tell you. Um, the first thing I wrote down were, were that immediately when I listened to this album for the first time, I listened to it a couple of times, was 70s alert, 70s alert, <laughs> with lots of exclamation marks. Um the opening couple of bars of this record, I was just thinking, Jesus, it's ABBA time. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like ABBA combined with another Charles, funny enough, Tina Charles. I was just thinking, all right, get a balls ahoy. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> I know where we are with this album. And boy, are we here where we are with this album. Is this like yeah. we exist in a pocket of the 70s where the carpenters rule the world with this, with disco just nipping at, it, at their heels kind of thing, you know? You mean, maybe throw in yeah. a bit of Fleetwood Mac and some country period kind of you know, mid-70s Olivia Newton-John, and you've basically yeah. got what this, this record is. I mean, it's not quite a pastiche, but it does veer pretty close at times. Um, however, that said, if you kind of just, you know, let yourself go and go with the flow of it, it's kind of dreamy, West Coasty 70s vibe. It's quite easy to drift along with. Um, first side, half the album, I thought was okay. But for me, where I suddenly found myself paying attention more was uh, second half of the album. So from track, I think it's slipping away onwards. Where I thought the songs, for me at least, were stronger and more coherent. Um and I think the album arguably saves up its two best tracks uh, to last. Um, so 24 Carat, 70s ear, Earworm, Smash, or at least it would have been if it came out in the 70s, Sweet Sunshine Wine, <laughs> and then As Long As You're Mine at the end as well. Finishes off the album quite nicely. So second half of the album, definitely more a winner than the first half of the album for me, despite the ABBA start. But yeah, all right. No, not going to set the world alight, but fine yeah uh, I mean this everything about this screamed 1970s all the way through even the, the country the style of country um, yes you know even that you know we've had so much new country and old country re- reborn and and pop country and everything over the last 10 20 years this is kind of real real sort of back to what country really back to sort of radio in the mid 70s and what it sounded like you know very much so yeah. it's radio 2 it's radio but 2. in 1979 exactly you know it's radio 2 trying to be modern in the 70s which if, if you have memory stretches that far you know is is a contradiction um the i mean the whole album felt that way and and yes i mean i don't think outside of some of you know sort of the more naffa pop acts i don't think everyone's ever, ever anyone's ever tried to update abba nobody's ever sort of said oh abba yeah i'm gonna do that but redo it um yeah so, i mean that first track with you know it's dancing queen piano and yeah. and and the stevie wonder superstition bass line uh, it just—it was just like it was like a '70s remix. It was like it was as, as you said. It's just the best of everything, all in one grand opening. So I mean, you can't say it didn't set the stall out. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> it, it, things calmed down a little after that because after that sort of glorious opening, it it, it feels like oh, that was quite a rush. <laughs> and then of course it gets a little bit more solid um, and country, and, and it starts to feel more like you know. What we'd expect, but with the occasional funky cowbell or, or drum machine, sort of adding a bit of funk to the sliding guitars, um, you know, slipping away. What I need were, were good tracks for me. Um, but yeah, no, I, it was. Um, it, it does. It just slips by. It's nice, you know, sort of not a nostalgic kind of way. <laughs> a nostalgia I didn't realise I was missing. <laughs> In it any did. Sense. 
It's amazing what lockdowns do, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it's really messing with my head. <laughs> oh. So finally, to the new people. No, the new people, Pete. The new people. The people. Uh, the new people. Yeah, the BBC sends of. Uh, and the BBC fans of top five in particular um, would be your usual thing of rather than going through each individual in it, but per se of just saying who they are and then making general general comments. So number five was Griff, uh, a young lady. Uh, four was Green Tea Peng, a name that I absolutely love. Has to be said. Yeah. Um, another young lady. Number three, Burwin or Burwine, depending. On, I'm not sure how he, this gentleman pronounces his name. Uh, number two was Holly Humberstone. Uh, number one and the winner was Pathsalu. I believe is how you say his name. Which I think I said it on Six Music the other day. All right. Oh no! I only know this because they've been playing the song Energy quite a lot recently. Uh huh. So, Pete, did any of these rock your boat? Um, I, I I'm going to I'll do my sweeping thoughts on all of them. Um, and and then maybe I'll maybe once you've done the same, I'll, I'll pick a winner. Um, obviously there is a winner, but I'll perhaps pick what I thought was a winner. Um, I mean, a Griff sweeping pop. Um, in of and there's a couple of tracks I listened to of hers. I mean, there's the, the 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 big Disney one, which is you know the usual sort of gushing sweeping pop music for Disney. Um, and then yes. but obviously Black Hole was something a bit dark and a bit more innovative and probably a bit more reflective artist as well, which is, which is, which is good. Um, I liked Green Tea Peng. I liked the name. I also liked the sort of more mature pop offering. Um, it had a really nice, the, the track Human um, in particular, had a really nice sort of le- very late 90s, early noughties, chilled out vibe soundtrack to the you know in the background uh yeah in the engine room if you will which which i thought was oh that's different that's a sound that's a sound i've not heard for a while uh but done but done again well um berwin um berwin i wasn't sure what was the track i listened to again hang on um it, it was good you know um I just feel, again, for a list in 2021, was grime, but as we've heard it for a while now, I did that sit well? I, it was, I mean, it's okay. It's okay. It's, yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's, we've listened to a lot in the last few years, and we've liked liked it. And maybe I was just looking for something different. But to be honest with you, it did break up the pop scene, um, because yeah, then yeah. we got to, and the track by him was Glory. Uh, which is good and then I got to Holly Humberstone which of course is yet more pop um, very much influenced in the sound of Holsey which um, was good um, and then uh, we got to My Family now My Family I thought was more interesting uh, uh, sorry my, the track for My Family by Pasulu um, mm. um, the track for My Family was the one I, I picked up in particular I thought it was more interesting it had more more going on reminds me again of that sort of back so more back to the 90s really in terms of hip-hop and um a bit wu-tang if you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. i'll just leave that hanging there those are my thoughts overall i won't pick a winner i'll let you do the same 
Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. I mean, I started in the middle in a way. Berwin, I sort of felt the same same as you early. Very perfect, perfectly fine, but the three tracks to listen to, nothing really rocked my boat or kind of stuck in my mind particularly. Green Tea Peng, I agreed that, that her stuff showed signs of being quite interesting. Um, quite a lot of different influences being absorbed into uh, the songs she was putting out, which I thought was always good to see, always interesting to see. Obviously, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work, but it's nice to see people doing stuff. Griff uh, really liked... Um, I should say Black Hole, I think, is a cracking slice of UK pop um, and good stuff, which came out last year, which was one of those songs that I heard quite a few times without being aware of who it was. But it was also a really good um, example of pop music. Holly Humstone, I should say, also quite liked. Uh, I thought she had an element of being, I, I wrote female Ed Sheeran, but with a big slice of, Phoebe Bridges style indie artists thrown in, um, particularly on a song called Deep End, which is, which is very kind of Phoebe Bridges esque. Oh, yeah. uh, I said the winner, interesting. The, the single Energy, which is, as I've been played a lot, is really, really good. Uh, there's also a song of his that I, heard, I remember hearing last year called Betty, which I really, really liked. Um, I can see why he was. He was picked, you know, um, I think his album last year was called Send Them to Coventry. Um, and it kind of, his musical style does kind of blend kind of uh, Jamaican dancehall rap drill music, apparently. All this stuff no. I've been told by somebody who knows these things better than me. Uh, I'm not down with my drill that much, I have to confess. Um, <laughs> and, a few, and a few other things. Uh and so, yeah, he was he was interesting. I got quite uh, certainly worth listening to and exploring further. Um, would he have been my winner? Um, possibly not. I would have probably had Griff, but then again, maybe I'm just feeling a, a pop hangover from the end of last year when we were. When we were poptastic on the podcast, um, so yeah, I, I, would, I would have probably gone for Griff as my winner. It, it's funny. I, I have to say, I'm a little underwhelmed <laughs> by all of them. Um, I, you know, I, I, I've, I've been, I've been positive, and you know, I've been positive about all of them. I liked all. I liked everything I listened to. Um, Best of class in 2021. I, I, yeah, okay. Um, so, so picking a winner is difficult because yeah, they're all good, but I wasn't taken particularly with any of them. I think I think they probably picked the most innovative um, because yeah. yes, everything else was just sort of pop music. Uh, certainly in the top five, it's, it's, everything felt more mainstream. So they probably went for the innovative one in terms of the winner they picked. Uh, in terms of the winner you picked, yeah, I'm inclined to agree. It's either it's either Griff or or Green Tea Peng for me, but I, I, I take either of those. 
There you go. So when they become huge and uh, <laughs> top three don't, you know where you heard it first. <laughs> probably somewhere else, really. <laughs> Someone else has probably already said the green tea are brilliant. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, who do we care? Right, there goes another podcast. Uh, join us again in 2022 when we'll be here for another one. Uh, <laughs> Well, we're here for another one of these. We're talking about, clearly, the BBC's uh, Sounds of 2022. But if you want to hear us review albums from this year, and why wouldn't you, then join us again on our next podcast, which will be coming to you at some point during 2021. Until then. Bye.